You are about to witness history in the making. Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to another Pop Culture Gamers podcast. This is technically show number 102, although it's going to be a little bit different to usual, uh, because it's only me, Hayden, here to do the podcast this week. Uh, Steve does send his apologies, but unfortunately due to work commitments, um, I'm afraid that he's not able to make the show this week and unfortunately we can't record during the week uh, because he's quite busy at the moment so I'm afraid it's just me but we'll get on with the show anyway. So uh, this week a bit of an uninterested week really. Um, I did have my well, get news from CyberPower that my new PC is on the way which I'm very excited about. Unfortunately it was supposed to be here on Friday and didn't arrive and the reason being is that for some reason my address had got mixed up in terms of on their system now i have a sneaking feeling that this isn't something that is that they've done wrong but more something that's probably at my end because i think that when i have completed the actual form even though when i checked it it seemed to be right that the address had somehow become corrupted because of the um, autofill thing that is in uh, Windows. And so, anyway, long and short of it is, I get an email on Thursday evening to tell me, no, we can't, um, you know, seriously, to tell me that my computer is on the way and it would be there the next day. Unfortunately, when I looked at the address, the postcode was wrong and it only had half of my current address on. So I spent a lot of the uh, next day trying to get in contact one way or the other with uh, CyberPower, um, and eventually did, and they had to uh, redirect it uh, from the DPD end after uh, they could establish that I am who I said I am. And anyway, unfortunately, it's not arriving till tomorrow, but the great news is it's arriving tomorrow. So I can't wait for this because this is going to be an absolute powerhouse of a machine. So yeah, I'll uh, be no doubt probably doing an unboxing video. I'll let you see uh, all of that as well. Other thing is, and it was posted on the Facebook group and I am sorely tempted by this. After all of our conversations about uh, scalpers earlier on in last week's show, but CEX um, or the WeBuy uh, website, whichever way you want to call it, but uh, the sex shop um, up and down the country are evidently buying up PS5 consoles for £200, higher than what the purchase price was for, where if you've got a disk drive with it, and for the Series X, £100 more. And I have seriously been considering about selling the PS5 or the Series X, given the fact that my PC is arriving. I'm probably going to be playing that most of the time, you know, once that's arrived. But 
going back later on next year when the supply issues have been addressed and actually picking one up again for the same uh, price or less. And obviously, you know, gaining two or three hundred pounds in the process, which feels like a great idea. But when you actually come down to the practicalities of it all, I'm really not that fond of the idea because I don't like the whole ideas of the scalpers. Um, And for once, it would be nice to sort of like um, have CEX ending up, um, you know, paying out much more than what I paid for. So I actually get a profit on it. But I still, I don't, you know, I really enjoy particularly the PS5 experience, really enjoying that. Um, and particularly, uh, when we're talking about the PS5, uh, games like, you know, Miles, uh, Morales and all of that sort of thing, the new Spider-Man game. So I don't really want to be without it. So I don't think I'm going to do that, but, uh, it was an interesting sort of dilemma that was going through my head for a little while. I just thought I'd air that because I'm sure that one or two of you, if you've noticed that would probably be thinking something quite similar as well. Anyway, like I said, it's going to be uh, probably a a good short show uh, this week, but uh, we'll crack on. And what we'll do is uh, we'll move on to gaming this week. No longer a dream, but a reality. All right, so gave me this week and a bit of a rumour mill, a couple of stories that are circulating. First off is the possibility of a Hideo Kojima uh, maybe working on a new Silent Hill game. So uh, obviously uh, we've seen the thoughts of the um, previous uh, demo that was uh, available on PlayStation and uh, evidently now he might be working on something in that sort of uh, regard. So that'll be quite exciting. The second thing is that there's also a rumour going around that Bluepoint is also looking at creating a Metal Gear Solid remake of the original game. I'm not really sure how how I feel about that because that was pretty much a perfect game for what it was. But if they um, did something uh, in the way that um, the Final Fantasy VII remake was done it might be good we'll have to wait and see the story will probably still be pretty incomprehensible with the tremendously long dialogue but we'll go with it anyway because it was a great game back in the day uh, also, don't forget on the 10th of uh, November, actually December now, not November, the Game Awards um, are going to be um, on as well. So uh, we'll watch those. We'll bring you the information about them next week. And also, Batman Arkham Knight, the game. Despite the fact that this game has been out for quite some time, there has actually been some free DLC for it, and that is in the form of two new suits, which has been here years after production. So there is now the new anime Batman suit and the Zeronar suit as well, which sort of like looks a a bit like a cross between Batman and Robin outfit in terms of the colouring. So, uh, yeah, if you're still playing Batman Arkham Knight, and why not? Because it is a fantastic game. You could also pick up... um, those uh, suits to go with it as well um evidently on pc there is also a really really good kind of patch uh for um batman arkham knight which uh you know gives way for um all of the ray tracing that uh, the geforce cards and all of that have as well so 
interesting thoughts. Anyway, moving on to new releases, we have Call of uh, the Sea on PC, Xbox Series X and Xbox One from the 8th of the 12th. Also on the 8th of the 12th, there is Destiny 2, the uh, updated version of that, specifically for the PS5 and the Xbox Series X. There is Right, the Eye of Atlantis uh, on PC VR, um, an Oculus, uh, uh, sorry, an Arcanium Pictures. No, sorry, PCS, sorry, that's who's producing it. Um, PC VR uh, is available on. There is also Pewter, Pewter Tetris 2 on Xbox Series X, PS4, Xbox One and Switch. In terms of Game Pass, uh, there is a few different uh, games being added uh, for Game Pass. So for um, Android, there will be Rage 2, Android and Console, Control, um, again Android and Console, uh, Monster uh, Sanctuary, there's going to be Gang Beasts, Asserto Corsa, Super Hot Mind Control Delete, uh, Slime uh, Rancher, Ukulele, uh, Yes Your Grace, Greedfall, which is quite a good game, Call Over the Sea, Haven, Unto the End, um, can't quite read out what that one is, Doom Eternal, um, and... Valhalla and Starbound. So there's a few different uh, games that are going to be on there. Epic Game Store, we have Cave Story Plus, which is available free now until the 10th of December. And then from the 10th of December, we have Pillars of Eternity Definitive Edition and Tyranny Gold Edition, uh, which is also available on there. Uh, no other news on any of the other sort of uh, games that are available uh, anywhere else for free, uh, but we'll keep you posted if we uh, do find any. So, in terms of uh, gaming this week, my main form of gaming this week has uh, been playing Spider-Man Miles Morales. Um, I completed the story line last week, and I'm just really going up completing all of the sort of trophies and cleaning up the city. Um, I'm going to clean up the whole of the city first, and then go on to New Game Plus and play another run through the story uh, in order to get the platinum on this game um, I'm really enjoying this actually it's been a really good story I've uh, really um, you know it, it's more of the same of the previous Spider-Man obviously but with much better visuals uh, you can switch those visuals on and off so you can get to see what like the PlayStation 4 and Pro version of the game is like. But it's really enjoyable. The story's not very long, but the content is really taking up some time in order to, you know, go around and uh, complete it. And the combat challenges and stealth challenges, etc., are actually quite hard. Um, even if you, you know, some of them played on easy, which I'm not, um, they're they are quite challenging in terms of the way that you have to approach things uh, such as um, especially the stealth sort of challenges because the slightest thing and you get noticed and that's the end of the challenge so uh, well worth doing it's really good sort of like story wise I feel it's probably a little bit more um, in line with the actual uh, comic book character uh, of Miles Morales as well so, yeah, really good game. Definitely worth the investment. Or if you can get it on a PS4, if you don't have a PlayStation 5, you won't. I don't think you'll regret it. I still think that the calling it for a full price game, considering it's more like 
and it a much more expanded DLC in terms of story content, but obviously not locations. Is a bit stiff, but it's still well worth uh, well worth playing. The other game I've been continuing to play as well is Assassin's Creed Valhalla. So I'm about twenty hours into uh, this or so now, and I'm now on a sort of like dream quest and in Asgard. Uh, which uh, is absolutely fantastic um, environment to play uh, structurally. The climbing is much more of a puzzle than any other part of the game has been so far. Pretty much 80% of what's in front of you you can climb in the game, but when you come to uh, Asgard, it's not the same at all. It's entirely different. Um, You know, there's some sort of different types of uh, structures you can't climb and you have to find alternative ways up and my god when you are up high you really are up high uh but loving the game as well you know it's it's a slow burner is assassin's creed valhalla it's not quite as um all-encompassing shall we say that um the uh, previous assassin's creed odyssey was for me because that one once it got its claws into me i sort of like didn't come up for air uh, for about two weeks while i finished off the game and spent 100 hours on it um this time um it's more i'll go through go and do some bits in you know the maps and whatever and some of the missions and then come out and go and do something else so it's more of a I'm enjoying it, but I'm taking it at a more steady pace sort of thing. And I think probably a lot of other people will do too. It's not the best Assassin's Creed. It's by far not the worst. Well worth um, investing, whichever, whether or not you're on um, last gen or the current gen. It's, you know, it's a great game uh, to play. And I would strongly recommend it. So, yeah, that's it. All right, like I said, it is going to be a Whistletop uh, tour this week because we haven't got Steve and, you know, I'm just giving you an update on things. So what we'll do is we'll move on to movies, TV and streaming. In quest of a better life. Right, so movies, TV and streaming and a bit of news first off. Now, this has been sort of confirmed in a couple of different places now. So I'm going to call this, this is beyond a rumour. <coughs> Excuse me. But evidently, the actor Oscar Isaacs, as in Poe Dameron, uh, for those of you who are more Star Wars-y sort of fans, is reportedly taking on a video game character role. And that role is none other than Solid Snake himself. Now, I am really, really not sure what I think of this because when I think of Solid Snake the actor who comes to mind every time uh, who would play that role would actually not be Oscar Isaacs in the slightest Um, he just does not feel like he is a a good fit uh, in looks wise to me um, I would say that um, Kurt Russell would be the person who I would expect to play the role of uh, Solid Snake. However, Kurt Russell is now too old to play the role of Solid Snake, so it's very unlikely we would ever see what that would look like. Um, and, you know, yes, and it's nothing to do with the fact that he was Snake Plissken in Escape from New York. He's just how I would see him as a character in real life. Um 
but let's hope that Oscar Isaacs pulls it off. Um, I do, I do like Oscar Isaacs as a, as an actor. I think he is a good actor. He was, he was my favorite character on the, um, the newest generation of uh, Star Wars, uh, movies. Um, although his character was a little bit up and down in terms of how well they were portraying him. First off, they portrayed him as like a really super hotshot guy. Um, you know, who couldn't get anything wrong. He really told the line. Then he was renegade. And then he was sort of, um, I'm not ready to take on a mantle of leadership, but I'm going to take it on kind of approach, which I felt didn't, you know, they were very conflicted over the movies with him. Um, but I still think he played a good role in whatever way that he actually did. And he's got a certain amount of charm and etc. But whether or not they will fit a solid snake who knows let's uh, let's see where that goes i think it'll be interesting um okay so in terms of cinema releases this week because we obviously cinemas are back uh 8th of december is the family tree 11th of december is super intelligence dreamland songbird horizon line the mole agent knuckle dust and boonie bears five i didn't even know there was a boonie bears one to four but there you go uh, Blu-ray and DVD releases. There is quite a lot, actually, as you would expect this time of year. There is absolutely loads and loads of Blu-rays and DVDs being released. So what we have on uh, December the 7th is 2001 A Space Odyssey, special poster edition Blu-ray. There's a number of these ones coming up. There's also a Clockwork Orange special Blu-ray, special poster edition Blu-ray, AI Artificial Intelligence special poster edition Blu-ray, Akira Limited Edition 4K Blu-ray, Back to the Future The Ultimate Trilogy Limited Collector's Edition 4K Blu-ray, Blade Runner The Final Cut Special Poster Edition Blu-ray, Cloud Atlas Special Poster Edition Blu-ray, Edge of Tomorrow Special Poster Edition, Forbidden Planet Special Poster Edition, Gravity Special Poster Edition, Interstellar again same Special Poster Edition all Blu-ray, Logan's Run same thing, same with Mad Max Fury Road, Ready Player One as well, The Matrix and THX 1138. Uh, THX 1138 being obviously uh, Lucas's um, initial sort of foray into science fiction. And uh, yeah, so that's about it. Uh, cinema charts, we have Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker, number four. We have The Great Showman, number three. Last Christmas, number two. Mulan. And at number one, that annual favourite is Elf. So, Blu-ray and DVD charts. At number five, we have Parasite. At number four, we have Mulan. At number three, we have Harry Potter, The Complete Collection. At number two, we have Total Recall. And at number one... Star Wars Episode 9 Rise of Skywalker. Uh, so, in terms of what I've been watching uh, this week, we, well, uh, my wife and I, we both um, decided we wanted to watch something and she likes musicals. So, I tried her out on a musical she'd never watched before but had heard about, which is Little Shop of Horrors. So, if you've uh, not come across Little Shop of Horrors uh, before, it's a story about an alien plant and how he helps the very inept Seymour, played by Rick Moranis, uh, to feed him human flesh in order to become successful and win the heart 
of the lovely Audrey. So this plant starts out very small and Rick Moranis is just literally dropping blood uh, into the uh, alien plant's uh, sort of mouth. And then as it grows, it then wants to have flesh. And uh, obviously, because this is such an unusual plant, he get the guy uh, that Rick Moranis plays, Seymour, gets a lot of attention. He gets on the news, etc., etc. He gets lots of fame and fortune, all because of this plant. Um, I absolutely love this movie. I'm not going to go into uh, too many uh, details uh, about it, or rather about my history uh, with this movie, but I have been known to sing Suddenly Seymour uh, while at a party uh, on one or two occasions, uh, which is one of the songs from there. I never said I sung it well, but I did sing it at full volume. Um, and this movie also has one of my favourite uh, comedians, which is Steve Martin. Um, I used to love him uh, as a comedian, you know, throughout the uh, the 90s, and that when he's really probably in his prime and he plays the wonderful role of a, sadist a sadistic dentist. And if you've never, ever seen uh, Steve Martin sing the dentist song from uh, Little Shop of Horrors, all I can say is just go to YouTube and watch that if you don't watch the rest of the movie. And, you know, just see that bit because that song is absolutely hilarious. And he totally, totally, totally... Uh, owns that role uh, there's some lovely guest appearances as well uh, for example one of my favourite ones is um, Bill Murray turns up at part of the movie and he's sort of like a freaky guy who loves having pain inflicted to him and he goes to the dentist and Steve Martin is completely repulsed by the fact that uh, this person, no matter what he does to try and give him pain, he's asking for more and more and more, and he ends up throwing him out. It's absolutely hilarious sort of scene. Uh, really well worth uh, watching. Like I said, the music on Little Shop of Horrors is great. It's a very traditional sort of like more modern uh, kind of, um, you know, kind of uh, movie. Uh, for a musical but it is uh, it is really good I say more modern you know the, the movie's quite old now it doesn't really have um, special effects on computers but the huge huge model of Audrey 2 which is the alien plant's name um, is absolutely amazing when you look at how well the mouth of this plant because it does have a mouth sort of syncs with what, what's been uh, said. And um, I think it was uh, one of the singers from The Four Tops who was uh, uh, voiced the the sound for Audrey 2, the, the voice for that. But absolutely brilliant. If you've never seen it, it's well worth a look. There's some really catchy tunes on there. Really, really love it. I'm not, I'm not one, really, for Little Shop of Horrors. I'm sorry, for musicals. But... Little Shop of Horrors is one I will make an exception for. There is this. There is um, obviously the Rocky Horror Picture Show, which is my absolute all-time favourite um, musical. I have to admit, I do like uh, The Greatest Showman as well. Okay, shoot me. If you haven't seen it, don't knock it until you've seen it because, you know, it is enjoyable. But Little Shop of Horrors... Really, really well worth uh, a look. And it has a very 
surprising ending because you think it's going to end one way and it doesn't. It ends in a very different way. So well worth having a bit of a uh, check out. So, okay, we'll move on now to your listener questions. And we've got a couple of polls uh, as well. And I'm uh, really quite pleased with the results of these polls. So uh, we'll talk about that next. John, what's happening to us? Right, so listener polls and questions. So if you remember, um, a couple of weeks ago, we did a poll um, about asking Xbox Series X and S owners what they thought about their um, experience of the new gen. And say it was mixed, you know, people liked the speed or whatever, but I think generally the, the general feel was a bit, yeah, it's all right. So I wanted to see what the views of you all were who bought a PS5. And the results are, are very much more positive in terms of Sony's console. So what we have is 82% of the people who responded reported that it was better than expected. 14% reported as expected and 4% reported not as good as expected. So comments um, that we got was uh, John Cowling. He said he got his uh, on launch day, no problems, delivered perfectly from shop two. Um, Lee Doherty said he got his pre-ordered and he's getting it on the 15th of December and he'll let us know then. So good luck. It's not so much uh, long to go now. Uh, John uh, Stangrim reported, apart from a couple of crashes during uh, Miles Morales, uh, which have been fixed by the devs. I've been really impressed with my uh, launch day PS5. Just needs a few tweaks to the UI, such as folders and themes, perhaps. But overall, it feels next-gen to me, and the controller is superb. And then Simon Malpin, uh, sorry, Malin said, considering the launch during the pandemic, it's been better than any of us could expect. So I think that that's pretty much a fair sort of summation um of things there and you know everybody's seemed to be really happy with that so following on from that we also had the question of which new gen console gives the best next gen experience so in other words you know which one feels like it's next gen the most and the results of this were for me personally i feel not surprising but I will, you know, I will, uh, you know, obviously everybody's got their own views, but PS5 came out top with 64% of the vote. Xbox Series S and X is 33% and neither was 3%. So I think that uh, PlayStation seemed to, in terms of a customer fan base at this point in everything, seemed to be nailing it better than... Uh, Microsoft do now for me personally I am much more of the view that the PlayStation 5 does feel like a new gen console and the reason why I would say that is because the Xbox One X is exactly the same operating system as the sorry it's exactly the same as the um, Xbox Series X so if you're moving from one 
to the other, it doesn't feel like any change at all. It just feels like everything loads faster. The controller is so similar to the previous controller that um, with the exception of the circular D-pad, which isn't that circular, to be fair, the share button and the um, slightly more tapered uh, bumper bars and the texture on the um, triggers... Excuse me. Apart from um, that, the controller feels basically exactly the same as the previous Gen 1, uh, without any difference at all. So much so that I was even able, and this is a positive, I think, I was even able to take my chat pad off my previous Gen controller and just plug it straight into my next Gen um, controller, and it works. And that is terrific. Don't get me wrong, I'm not knocking Microsoft for that. And I think it's a good idea to have controllers to be forwardly uh, compatible. But it also is part of the problem of why Microsoft have lost out, at least in the beginning. And that is because the only thing that feels evident that this is a new console over your previous one is the improvement in the graphics of those games which support the series x sort of you know standard for graphics so to my mind that is a negative even though in a year two years down the line when the games are getting developed much much more to a much sort of higher standard than what they're being developed now and the differences between the ps5 and the xbox series x will start to widen because of the xbox having so much more power right now this moment at launch microsoft it feels more like in terms of a pc it feels like you've stuck in a new gpu so you haven't got a new pc you've just got a new graphics card in your old machine that's what the current xbox series x and s feel like to me you might not think that And that's fine. That's your point of view. But for me, it feels like a minor update at the moment. Like I said, when when really good games, you know, that are really going to push the console to the limit, um, actually do start to appear, that will be when that gap will start to widen. But on day of launch, this is, and the the month after, up to the month after, this is where we are at the moment. On the other hand, the PS5, you have got the new controller with the haptic feedback. The, I want to say radical redesign, but it's not radical radical, but it's a big shift from the very stagnant sort of design changes that they had from the 2 to the 3 to the 4. The the um, dual sense is a big departure while keeping the familiarity of some of the previous. So there, there is that, but also the other thing that is more next gen about the PlayStation is the UI. And this is where Microsoft have got it wrong. If they'd have done what Sony have done with the UI, then they would have had, the best piece the the best uh, console overall but they haven't unfortunately so 
In terms of the UI, you have the new cards that have been introduced. Uh, the way that everything is displayed is different uh, as well. You have the features like, for example, being able to jump into specific parts of a game. If there's like a trophy that you want, it will take you to that bit where you can go, like in the Spider-Man game, if you want to do the next combat challenge and try and earn that trophy, it will take you to the one that you can go to to do that. To the and you, there's no load. You don't have to zip across the city or anything like that. It will take you straight to there so that you can work on getting that trophy. And that is what I think is so really good is the fact that Sony have recognised the fact that people actually do like trophies. Uh, just like your know, people like Gamerscore. Not everybody. It, you know, it's a bit of a niche market, but people do, you know, there is a group of people who like them, myself included. And they've put in tools to help support that. Microsoft, on the other hand, achievement wise, um, when you were on the store, you used to be able to go in and look at, you know, go from the store, uh, to the hub and then look at the achievements. You can't do that anymore from the Microsoft store. And the way that a lot of achievements are handled, etc., is different, and they're making they've made it worse. So they're actually sort of like almost like they're discouraging people to collect achievements on the Xbox, which seems to be um, mind blowing to me. Uh, why they would, when they invented it as a feature, what they should be doing is making it even more distinct, but they haven't. So yeah, th- th- so those are the reasons why I feel that the ps5 has it over and obviously a lot of you guys who have owned both of them and have voted have uh, also felt pretty much the same thing as well um so a couple of comments that we've got here uh stephen miles said uh he thinks that the series x for him uh it has a super fast loading seems faster uh than um the ps5 the PS5 controller is uh, great in Astrobot, but he's already turned off the active triggers in Dirt 5 as it's just annoying, to be fair, but it is early days. And I think that, that is a valid point. It is early days for that sort of thing. Uh, Craig Cole has said he's impressed with the Series X, super fast, and um, Ace uh, to uh, have his uh, 360 collection on there. Uh, but for that new gen feel, he feels that the PS5 has it because of the new controller and some of the new games like Demon Soul. At the moment, the PS5 feels more like the next-gen console, uh, but his Series X feels like a GPU upgrade on his computer, which is exactly what I said. And I know that Craig is more of a PC guy like I am as well. Um, although, in terms of console wars, last-gen I was always coming out on Xbox side. But I, I like to try and be objective in the way that I approach these things. Uh, Paul Wilson said the uh, Xbox uh, Wax uh, uh, sorry, was never a consideration for him as he has a PC, uh, but as a new PS5 owner, the console looks uh, next-gen compared to the rather plain-looking of the new Xbox consoles, but the PS5 at least did lay, uh, uh, lay down, does look awful, but stood up, it looks great. Um, Demon Souls uh, was his only uh, major incentive to buy the PS5 uh, and he said it's well worth it overall uh, now that he's had a few hours with the PS5 and uh, set up uh, but a tad tight on uh, disk space thank goodness for external storage 
and that's the same for both consoles. To be fair, the um, there is slightly less disc space on the PS5, but in terms of the Xbox Series X, they're both limited to under one terabyte of storage. I think a uh, hundred or two hundred uh, gig less on the PlayStation Five to the Xbox. But you're soon going to run out of space, especially with the size of games now being, you know, 100, 120 gig in some cases. You're going to run out of uh, space very, very quickly. And the Microsoft solution is tremendously expensive. And it's going to be interesting to see what the Sony solution is to this issue as well. Uh, So the last uh, comment that we've got here is from Ant Lewis. And he says, the 30 series gives that uh, best next-gen performance. And all I can say is, and that wasn't the question. The question was about the consoles, uh, because obviously a PC with a 30 series graphics card is going to be better than the consoles when you consider that the Series X is probably about the power of a 2070 Titan at the very best. Um, I'm just rough guessing uh, on that. Uh, whereas the new 30 series cards are tremendously powerful uh, cards, much more powerful than what's in the uh, current gen consoles than, or the latest gen. Uh, so I'm going to be interested in actually seeing what that difference actually looks like um, in the coming weeks because my new card will be a 3080 uh, that will be paired with an i9 so it's going to be an interesting to see what that's going to be like so okay so that's uh that's our poll uh for the last uh, week or so and really interesting and also i'd like to say thanks guys for not making it into a console war uh and having on fanboyism because at the end of the day this is this is just to try and establish you know what do we think what is the the best uh, that you can get if you're a gamer. It doesn't matter what console it is. You know, uh, fanboyism is something that should die a death. Um, anyway, let's move on to Mark's, uh, Mark's questions. So this week, Mark has said, which console uh, launch through your gaming history has been the most impressive setup uh, from the, uh, or step up from the previous gen? I would say out of all of the gens of consoles, the biggest step up was the 360 from the original Xbox for me. It felt a lot more next gen um, once you started uh, on that 360 back in the day. Um, yeah, because I personally felt that the last gen didn't actually start until the Series X. Um, not the Series X, the One uh, X was uh, released just because the games were still so good at on the 360 and they were operating at 1080p, a lot of them, whereas the Xbox One and the PlayStation 4 came along and they seemed to struggle to get to 1080p on anything. Um, and yes, okay, there is issues about people, you know, learning new systems, etc., etc. But these were much more PC-like architecture. So I, I don't know, but I personally, I feel that the 360 was the biggest uh, leap up. And then the other biggest leap up was also 
the release of the PlayStation, the original one, because of the inclusion of that um, that optical drive on there as well, which just enhanced uh, the games that you could could play compared to what was happening on um, like other systems of the time. So yeah, and the, also depending upon how you answer it, you could also say the Wii was a massive step because of the completely different type of controllers um, and, you know, that much more physically exertive way of controlling games. Whereas when you actually look at the technology-wise, uh, technology-wise, the Wii is more like um, an upgraded GameCube um, other than the controller uh, in terms of the sort of, like, graphical power that it seemed to be outputting uh, because I always remember those games to be very blocky. <coughs> it's interesting um but yeah that's uh i would say the 360 would be the, the biggest one uh for me uh as consoles evolve and increase in power do you expect games to be more immersive yes and no because i do think that in terms of you can have a game that doesn't look realistic in any way shape or form but it's completely immersive because it goes to the narrative more than the actual looks of the game but the the look of a game can also help but it won't give you that total immersion if you want to have immersive sort of experiences then you're looking at um vr sort of stuff where they are more experiences rather than games um so yeah you could you know you could argue it that way but personally i would say that when you're talking about um that you know that immersion uh into a game what i'd be looking for would be a really compelling story and you know you look at the last zelda game that came out on the switch that doesn't have realistic graphics it's got that uh shell say uh shaded sort of uh approach much more cartoony but yet the story really sucks you in so graphics can be important but they're not everything um Maybe in terms of immersion, what where the graphics might help is something like Flight Simulator uh, or Forza or something like that. Or even technically, I suppose, a Call of Duty game if you get it so la- realistic, life-looking. Life that could, uh, you know, could be the, uh, the big uh, thing on a game. But uh, for me, for games like Assassin's Creed or whatever, um, Assassin's Creed, I think, is... The, the the standard of those games in terms of graphics has always been tremendously high in terms of what the look I mean I know we've had the silly faces in Assassin's Creed 2 remake and all of that sort of stuff um, but I think generally speaking I think that the, um, the the graphics of those games has always been high and I think it continues in that sort of vein as well but I would say probably even looking at the the new gen version of it, for example, Valhalla, the the in, the improvement is subtle, but the thing that makes that game is not the improvement in the graphics; it is the story. It is that I want to play another ten minutes sort of factor, and if you don't have that, you're never going to go back to it. So, yeah, my view. Other people might uh, have different views. Uh, so moving on to other Facebook questions, we got Paul Wilson. And Paul said, uh, now that the new gen has arrived, should it 
finally be the time to allow console gamers the same full options that PC owners have to alter the performance of a game uh, by being able to set the resolution and a full range of graphical preferences as opposed to a simple performance or resolution options. Uh, How can I put this, Paul? Yes and no. I don't think it would be hard for the... um, game manufacturers to actually put those options in because they will be parts of the PC version. But what I would say is those options have been put in in terms of the performance um, and the uh, graphical preferences. They've been put in there to allow for uh, you to have the choice between your frames per second or having a quality experience. However, consoles are a consistent standard. So when you look at the Xbox, somebody who buys an Xbox today will get the same level of powerhouse as somebody who buys a Series X in six months' time and is in 12 months' time, assuming that they stick with Series X and don't upgrade the internal components. Whereas the PC issue is much more complex because PCs have to co- have to contend with different configurations. And those different configurations all look at the GPU, the processor unit, how much memory you've got, your storage, what type of storage, and how quickly you can access it, what other tasks you've got running in the background, and a whole host of other things in terms of um, how well your computer is performing, which the reason why they put in all of these tweaks is it allows you that customizable amount to uh, get your own balance between the quality experience and the speed of frames per second, which you don't need on a console because you're, you don't have a less powerful Xbox Series X than somebody else or a more powerful one, so that you can add in that extra power, uh, or you know th- those extra little pixels which will make all of the difference. So I would say I agree with what you would say if it, if it would have a proper advantage, but I can't see it having any reason on a console, at least a console how we ha- have them now. Now, if we go down the line that Phil Spencer sort of hinted at, about a couple of years ago before we really you know started to know what was going on console wise he was uh, putting about the idea of what if you could upgrade your console now my understanding was he was referring to what if you could upgrade the graphics card what if you could upgrade the memory or the storage you know the individual components like you do a pc now if he's talking about that sort of approach in the future then you are going to have different standards of Xbox Series X, different configurations, if he implemented that at a later date during this um, generational cycle. Personally, I think if we do get more consoles next gen, I think that they'll be more modular so that you will be able to change the GPU. So there will be, a, you know, you can buy the HD graphics card or the 4K graphics card you can you know you and you'll be able to upgrade things in that sort of way i think that that's the way that the um 
console sort of thing will go. But I think it'll be much more simple, sort of like, you know, plunk and click sort of um, fastenings rather than the way that you have to do with a PC and worry about, you know, is this the proper, you know, uh, PCIe lane that I should be using? Is it the right, you know, is it the right speed? All of that sort of stuff. I don't think that we're going to have that. I think that console-wise, it might go down this line of having this modular sort of design so that you might have two or three different varieties of uh, graphics cards. You would have two or three different varieties of storage, etc., etc. But we'll have to wait and see. But I think as we are at the moment, no, I don't. I don't see the need for it because the whole point of having the options that are there for performance um, or for quality are there um, really to say that the game will run fine with everything switched on, but it will prioritise perform uh, graphics, whereas you can switch things off and make it look a bit more last jenny and it'll get better performance out of it. People end up being in one way format over the other rather than sort of like stuck in between. So my view would be, no, I don't think that we need that right now. But that's not to say if the configuration of machines enhances in the future that we won't need one then. Uh, moving on to uh, Richard Mortlock's uh, question. With Sony having no uh, plans to do anything new for VR at the moment, do you think this could mean that Oculus will get an even bigger foothold into VR market? Side note, I have both. Uh, I have them both, and I'm blown away by how much fun wireless VR is with Quest 2, room-scale VR is something else. Well, do I think... I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure at all, because everybody was saying VR is going to be the kiddie, it's going to be the thing, everybody... You know, we're all going to be basically wearing VR headsets. That's what the feeling that a lot of people seem to have um, about, well, very early on in the last-gen sort of thing when PSVR came out. Now, with wireless VR, I can imagine that that is a tremendous experience because you're not tethered. Because you can, it, it's the one drawback of VR headsets is that you are tethered. But equally, being tethered means that you also can play it as long as you like without having to worry about batteries and stuff like that as well. Um, so there are advantages one way or the other. I am not convinced that VR is the way forward in gaming for a long time. I think that when we get VR glasses down to something along the uh, sort of size and scope of normal glasses, that might be when it takes off a lot more. But I think that VR has manoeuvred itself into this um, niche area where some people are great fans of it, and enjoy the experience and good on them that's all i can say and obviously you like me have two different types of vr i've got the uh the dell visor headset which is on the microsoft sort of style of um vr and i've got the playstation vr as well and i cannot remember the last time i switched either of them on sometimes i actually think should i sell my ps vr uh, because I'm not using it. But that then sort of like makes me think, no, don't be so silly, because there will be that killer game, 
that I'll want to play uh, that'll come out. So I don't know. I am quite tempted at Quest Two, but it's that that's uh, the cherry on the cake sort of thing. You know, VR. I still think VR has a long way to go. I think it's got itself into a good state. I think it's got a good supporting fan base, but I think that there will be the minority of players for a considerable amount of time. So, um, will Oculus get a bigger uh, share of the market? Well, you know, look at the support that the Oculus has. But I I think uh, there's plenty of room in that market at the moment because of it being uh, quite widespread. And the fact that there is that sort of thing of if you buy it on one store, you can have it on any of them uh, sort of thing, which I think is a sort of agreement nowadays in terms of releasing VR games because the market share is so small anyway. Uh, So, but it'll be interesting to see where it goes. But 3D TVs never you know, never uh, took off. And I, I just, for the same reason, people don't like wearing stuff on the heads to watch something. And that's why I think that VR will not succeed uh, the same way. Um, <coughs> that's not to say it won't, it won't and hasn't established a niche because it clearly has. Um, Lee Doty says, uh, what's been your most next-gen moment with the new machines uh, when you realise that the tech had just taken a jump? That's a good good question. On the Xbox Series X, um, I'm still waiting for it. I really am, because, as I said, I feel because of the lack of anything to support this being next-gen other than the speed of loading, um, I would... I would say that the uh, Xbox sort of side experience feels like a GPU upgrade. It doesn't feel like um, a new console. And my son, who's also got a Series X, I'm not kidding you, I've never seen him so disappointed in anything uh, ever. Because um, I thought he, you know, he thought it was going to be all that. And uh, he's just not impressed with it. He's much more impressed with, um, you know, a a PlayStation and this is from a kid who if I cut him in half there would be an Xbox you know logo straight right the way through his body because he is a total Xbox fanboy and I'm you know not being insulting to him but he is and he learned a lot of that off me because that's how I kind of like started off so yeah uh Xbox wise I I haven't had that experience yet PlayStation wise um whether or not it's you could say it's next gen or it's just something new, but the way that the cards work and the controller, um, they're so the 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 cards, uh, because I like all of that, you know, data about the game and being able to you know jump into certain things. I really like that, but I know a lot of people won't be bothered, um, and the controller wise. Do you know what? I really like the haptic feedback. I really like uh, the interruption in the controls because it gives an extra level of um, control that you have to have in order to be able to use the controller itself. So, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of the new haptic feedback and what they've done there. So, yeah, interesting. Uh, you know, really interesting to see uh, what everybody else's uh, thoughts are on that. So... 
Um, okay, so uh, last question of the evening, I think, is from Jason Toon. And he says, if you could choose any game or book and turn it into the next big budget production for HBO Max, what would you pick? And it could be made into a show or a movie. Right, I'm going to say what I would choose uh, is a series of books that by Arthur C. Clarke, and it's the Rama, Rama 2, uh, Garden of Rama, Rama Revealed uh, books. I absolutely love those stories. Um, if you've never read them before, it's about, it's set in the future. Um, although not too far off from now, but you know, we're starting to explore, uh, space beyond the orbit of, uh, the moon in terms of manned space flights. And there is, um, an object, an unknown object comes on a trajectory going through the solar system. And it very quickly becomes obvious that this is not a man-made object and a untrained crew of some vessel is sent to investigate this uh this ship and when they enter the ship it's a very very alien world the ship is miles wide and miles long (coughs) it rotates and there is you know sort of like earth-like gravity um on the outer hull most of the ship is hollow um and uh basically there are these like robotic creatures that exist uh, on this uh, world. There are all of these sort of strange structures and things like that. And it's basically about trying to figure out what this ship is before it leaves uh, the solar system. And then the second book is when the second one of these ships comes past again, about 70 or 80 years later, and a specialised crew goes to there. And then um, the, the story goes on from there because um, not wanting to spoil the end, but uh, let's say that there are some people who go on an interstellar trip um, with this ship uh, in the following on books. And then it comes back again to bring more people along because that's the whole point of this ship is to take people from Earth to somewhere else. And it's a fascinating set of books. If you can uh, get them in audio book, they're really good to listen to in audio as well. Um, I've got them in audio. I've actually got the physical uh, copies of the books as well. And I would say I read these probably uh, around once every 10 years uh, because I really love the story. And then uh, I would see that. I, I think that those books could actually be converted into a fantastic TV series i think that you would start off with the first drama as um a mini series even though the book's massive you know it's like return of the king sort of thickness you know lord of the rings thickness kind of book um i think you could or is, is that or is that later on it might be later on i might think i'm thinking it might be more hobbit size now i've thought about it um but in terms of uh that as a a book i think that that would work as a mini series and then from there because it's a continuous story after that is um having it as sort of like a, a 15 to 20 block uh story for each one of the other books at least because i think that a 
I think there's enough material in there to, to take it through that, or even beyond that level anyway. Uh, I think that you could do uh, a lot more with it. So I would say that um, I know that they're doing a film adaptation of Dune as well. Frank Herbert's novels would be uh, a perfect thing, and there are so many of them as well. There's Dune, God Emperor Dune, Chapter House Dune, Children of Dune, you know, and then there's all of the uh, ones that are done by his uh, son as well before that, that uh, take place hundreds of years before the events of uh, the original June books. And then um, another uh, set of books. Again, it's by Arthur C. Clarke because he's my favourite sci-fi author uh, beyond Douglas Adams. They, I would say the 2001 series. I think we could have um, a well say for miniseries on 2001 because you've got 2001 the original space odyssey you've got 2010 you've got 2061 and then 3001 as well so all of those could be made into like six episode miniseries which i think would be fantastic in themselves as well i would love to see uh something like that uh, and if any anybody in hollywood you know wants uh, an advisory capacity you know I'm, I'm i'm sure that we can come up with a fee to be able to do that as well because i would love to be involved in something like that that would be my sort of like dream job uh but i'll never probably do do that anyway so okay uh really good questions there i think it would have been a lot i think steve would have really enjoyed some of those questions as well and would have got a bit of banter uh going or a bit of chat going around that but uh, unfortunately Steve can't be here with us today, but uh, hopefully we'll be back uh, next week. Uh, what I'm going to say is we are probably going to do one more show after this one, and then it will be the Christmas show. So this is a shout out. Uh, we didn't get very many people doing Christmas uh, messages and that sort of sorry, uh, messages, that sort of thing for our hundredth show. But come on, guys, you know, th- this is I, I want members of the community to be involved in this as well send me your recordings we'll put them on the show um you know just your christmas greetings whatever it is you want it would be really nice to hear from you guys and i'm quite sure a lot of other listeners would like to hear the voices of other people who listen to the show uh as well so if you can uh if you uh want to send us something be really appreciated uh if you can send it in in mp3 format and if you can just email it to or do a link on a dropbox or something uh to podcast at popculturegamers.co.uk uh so that's going to be it for another week uh just a normal shout out about the contact so if you uh, want to follow me um or whatever then i'm available on herj uk on basically everything apart from epic which um, pop culture gamers but if you want to um, you know follow me on twitch twitter xbox uh, playstation whatever look for herj uk if you want to follow the show you can follow our twitter on pop culture gamer you can look at our facebook group and join there or you can go on to our facebook page uh, you can email the show at podcast at popculturegamers.co.uk and don't forget our website popculturegamers.podbean.com also don't forget 
we are coming up to that time of year where uh, we have to keep the lights on so if anybody would like to join our patreon uh, to uh, help out to keep the lights on for the show that would be really uh, grateful as well we do have uh, a new tier of uh, membership which basically means that you'll be one of the poll champions as two uh, available and what that will mean is that you will be allowed to uh, decide what you want for the polls for two show up to two shows a month um so yeah so that's uh you know that's an, on the normal tier which is just like a thank you and a, a, sh- a shout out and an email sort of thing so if you want to uh, join either one of those please do um and that's it so all i'm gonna say is live long and prosper and have a good uh, good week thanks very much guys and we'll hopefully be all back next week bye